Welcome back to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. We hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. And in the NFL, this was just another average week as the Lions lose on Thanksgiving, the Dolphins and the Cowboys destroy bad teams, the Chiefs beat the Raiders, Mac Jones gets benched, and the Bills lose an overtime game. And speaking of which, let's get right into it like we always do with our recap of the Buffalo Bills. As we just mentioned, the Buffalo Bills lost this week to the Philadelphia Eagles 37-34. to Rob, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so this was maybe one of the best games of the year, if not the best. A high-scoring shootout between two really good offenses, and it was just a very fun game to watch. The Bills dominated this game early on. It really looked like they were unstoppable on offense, and the defense was solving a lot of problems against Jalen Hurts. I mentioned last week um, how the Bills have been really good on defense, especially with those injuries, really surprising to see, and I was really happy to see them hold the Eagles to only seven points in the whole first half. But as we all know, the game wound up getting away from them in the second half, Eagles roaring back and then eventually winning in overtime. So uh, overall, kind of a disappointing end to what was a really good performance by the Bills. He really can't put this one on Josh Allen. I would say coaching, some questioning, questionable coaching calls and just an utter collapse by the Bills' defense is what eventually doomed them in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can't blame this on Josh Allen at all. That was one of the like, best games of his career, if not the best. He was an absolute monster this entire game. And like you said, the defense looked absolutely incredible in that first half. It's just mind-boggling how they went from probably their best half of the year to one of the worst. I mean, in the second half, those last yep. Philly scoring drives were all 75, 75, 75, 66, 62 yards. They were all like long-distance drives. They were doing this, and it's not like they were being given short fields. The defense just could not hold them anymore all of a sudden, and we're letting it go pretty quickly. Yeah, it's just really strange to see that. It's like they were just a completely different team coming out of that gate. Yeah, and in overtime especially, like as soon as they hit that one pass, I, I said audibly to the room, this is over. Like They weren't yeah. even in field goal range yet, but I, I could just feel it already. I'm like, this game's over. And on that last play where Hertz runs in for the touchdown, I saw a really good explanation of it where they were showing it where on that QB draw, like where the Bills gave him the perfect look to do that. Like right. literally perfect. Like what is that call? Like you know that they run that play. There's so much tape of them running that exact play. Uh, like how do you not defend better for that? Right. And but like the Bills, it just seems like well, there's a lot of miscommunications happening. Like at least it seemed to me on the defensive side. Like in that second half, it looked like guys didn't know what the play call was. Right. It, yeah, and. The other thing for me that just is so frustrating was the end of regulation as it goes to overtime. So McDermott calls a timeout to ice the kicker. Like, at what point does anybody still do this? Like, this is not successful at all. This is not useful. Why would you ice the kicker? If anything, you're giving them more time to get ready and prepared for this. Complete waste of a timeout. And now you get the ball with 20 seconds left to one timeout, and you kneel it out. Like, that just is absolutely absurd to me. You have, like, the biggest gunslinger quarterback in the league, and you kneel it out and take overtime. You could have lost that coin toss and ended just like 13 seconds did with Casey winning in overtime. You could have not touched the ball and lost. You did get a chance to touch it, and you almost won the game. But still, like, you could have lost so easily there. And you could have had two timeouts and 20 seconds, and you kneeled it out. 
just absolute ridiculousness by McDermott. Yeah, I remember watching that in real time and just being absolutely baffled. And the way that your offense was performing, like there's sometimes you have momentum calls. I could see in that situation, like having the the, the decisiveness to be like, okay, the game is not going a certain way, so we're going to kneel it out. But like your offense is rolling. Josh Allen is playing absolute lights out right now. I mean, if there's anything that Josh Allen can do, it's go down the field with 20 seconds left. Like, if there's anything he is good at, that is it. And not to even give your guy a shot just tells me that he has no faith in this offense at all. I don't want to say McDermott lost in this game, but he really, I mean, it's really hard for me not to say that because he he just really did, had a rough go of it between like the fact that he he calls the defense and this defense looks completely helpless in the second half. And then those, those terrible management, time management decisions were just really what did them in here. Also on the offense, like I don't know what's going on with some of their younger receivers. I believe it was Sherfield who who was not on the same page with Allen on a couple plays, and then of course the Davis throw at the end, which would have probably won them the game. There, it just looked like I don't know who is right and who's wrong, Allen or, or Davis on that play. But just those like mistakes that you're just you're shooting yourself in the foot at this point, and like the fact that you were able to go toe to toe with the Eagles is great. But I mean, you have to stop making these just very easy to avoid mistakes if you want to be able to win football games. 100%. And just a little stat throw in there. Uh, the Bills were the fourth team ever to win the turnover battle, have 500 turnover yards, and outgain the opponent by over 100 yards and still lose. Yeah. I mean, that really like – they were. That's incredible. They were a better team for most of the game there, like, and still managed to find a way to lose. And that, to me, is kind of the story of, of – the bills like not just this year but a lot of the times last year as well like i hate to say it but it's like this is kind of who they have been like the eagles in one score games in the last two seasons 14 and 2 the bills in one score games in the last two seasons 8 and 9 it's like this this team is really good they can rack up a lot of points they can crush the like the team the worst teams in the league that the cowboys can but when it comes to one score games against good teams it seems like they always just find a way to lose the game and that, that is really something that I don't know what's the cause of that. I don't know if Josh Allen just doesn't have the clutch gene. I don't know if it's uh, the really bad coaching decisions at the end or just a combination of everything. But they, the Bills need to figure out why this is happening and why this happens consistently. Like when you play as close games, you're not, not able to win and you have to find a solution to that problem because it is a real problem. 100%. And just a little comment on the Eagles too. I think they're being a little overinflated at the moment. Because I think it'd be a little hypocritical of me to like uh, not treat them like the other Pennsylvania team and the Steelers, where they the Eagles have now been outgained in three straight games that they've won. I mean, they're they're I think undeniably a very good team, but they're not great. I think they're they're not as great as they could be portrayed or as their record portrays them to be. Well, I would push back on that because they find they find ways to win against the best teams. In the NFL, I mean, their stretch, like as of late, the stretch they're still in the midst of has been absolutely brutal. I mean, they they pulverized the Dolphins, they narrowly edged the Cowboys, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Bills. Now they got the 49ers and the Cowboys again. I mean, this is like a a really brutal stretch. So the fact that they are winning close and, and getting outgained to those caliber teams is not too concerning for me. Just the fact they're able to come out with a win on that is is really impressive to me. Well, I think on all those games, there are definitely cases that should have lost them, with uh, you know Dak stepping out of bounds, 
and then like MVS the drop, and then uh, Allen the Davis misconnection. Like all of those could have easily been losses for them. Yeah, I would agree with that. But there's something to be said about their resilience, and and two games in a row now against two of the best teams in the AFC, coming out with a deficit at the halftime, and still coming back. And Jalen Hurts just really looking poised in the second half. The sluggish starts are something they're going to have to work on, but I would not be worried about this team long term. I just believe that uh, how you win or lose is more predictive of future wins and losses than if you won or lost. I would somewhat agree, but it's like we already know like that. You could be you could say that about like the Vikings. So like the Vikings last year, they were thirteen and four, and they were winning all these really close games. And we know we knew we couldn't trust them because we'd never seen them. We had nothing. They had no like legitimate claim that to, to say, oh, look, we could be trusted. But we know this Eagles team can go to the Super Bowl. They just did it last year. So it's different than like the Vikings or the Steelers a couple of years ago because we know the Eagles team is clutch and we know that they can go to the Super Bowl. I just think they're being slightly inflated right now. I, I, I agree with that. I think the Niners are a better team, in my opinion, overall. And I think they probably upset them this next week. But I definitely still think the Philadelphia is the second best team in the NFC and, and probably the third best team in the league at this point. And from there, we go on to the Green Bay Packers. This is my personal favorite game of the week. Packers beating the Lions 29 to 22 on Thanksgiving, but apparently this game was in the stars or in the moon as the Lions apparently can't win when the moon is in its waxing gibbous phase, which I didn't even know that was a thing. But uh, when I saw that, I knew we were in good shape. So Scott, besides the moon, what did you like from the Packers from this game? I wouldn't even say liked, but loved. Absolutely loved that first drive. The very first play, 53 yards to Christian Watson. I don't know, like, how many times have we come on this podcast every week and been talking about the Packers and their slow starts in the first half? Yep. Well, let me tell you, that's how you start a game. That's how you start a half, is that way. Yes. And they really kept that pressure on. They kept scoring good. They really did. Like I really liked a lot of what I saw from that offense that day. Jordan Love looked really good. Watson looked really good. Just like entirely, that offense just looked very good. Like it looked playoff caliber. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the the poise and the maturity of this team is, and the growth that they had throughout the year is evident. It was evident in this game, and they really just fired on all cylinders from the get go. Really just pulverizing the Lions, taking advantage of the turnovers. And what, yeah, like you said, we've been pounding the table every week for a long time. Like you need to start faster. I love the play call. I love winning the coin toss and taking the kickoff. And now the fast starts are a thing for them. Like they've started out fast in the last four games. So I really am happy that they've put that to bed. And the most impressive thing to me was that pass rush going up against the lions offensive line. The Lions, in my opinion, have like maybe the third or fourth best offensive line in the league. And the Packers pulverized that line. They forced turnovers. They forced pressure on golf every single snap. And for me, this was just a legitimate statement of like, hey, this is not a fluke game. This is who we are. And we are going to be in your face. We're not going to give anyone an easy win this year. And if you look at them all season, they really have not let any team get an easy win on them except the Lions. And they came out and said, no, this is our revenge game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just so good to see from that team. Yeah, like, I echo everything that you just said there, totally. I don't know if I can put it in much better words than that. Just a really enjoyable game to watch for someone that's rooting for the Packers, for sure. 
Yes, and now you look at this playoff picture, and they are right in the midst of this hunt for the, one of the wild card spots. Yeah, I mean, don't, yeah, don't look now, but the New York Times playoff machine has the Packers over a 50% chance to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, with the Seahawks and Vikings sliding and the Packers' schedule only getting easier, I know they do have a game against the Chiefs, but after that, it's pretty easy. They don't face a single team with a winning, winning record after that game. So they're, they could definitely go on a run here, and I think 9-8 and eight easily gets you into this NFC playoff picture. And now from there we go on to the game picks here. So let's recap Week 12. We both went 11-5. and five. On week 12 and for the year, Scott is at 119 and 62 and I have 111 and 70. So Scott still with an eight point lead looking to extend that this week. So the Thursday night game was already played last night as we were doing this on a Friday and the Dallas Cowboys won. Me and Scott both did have them winning in that game. So we will start with the first of the Sunday games, a divisional matchup between Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. Scott, who do you have winning this game? I'm Colts winning this one. And I do as well. A nice, impressive effort against the Colts, ruining your underdog lock bid against Baker and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This Colts team is very, uh, very much in the playoff picture at this point. Yeah, I think they were really impressive when the Buccaneers last week. I mean, offense looked really good for them. Yes, 100% agree. That offensive line is a completely different uh, a completely different performance than what we saw last year, looking like one of the strongest points of this team. And making a guy like Gardner yeah. Minshew look pretty poised and comfortable in there. Like normally Gardner Minshew is one of those guys who bails and he's running and flailing around and you're just having heart attacks. But the, the Colts look like a pretty legitimate offense at this point in the year. Yeah, absolutely. And from there we have the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the New England Patriots. So both teams on a downward spiral. This is probably it for the Chargers. They lose this game. All hope is lost for the season. Who do you have taking this game? I have the Chargers winning in this one. And I do as well. Yeah, how about them Chargers continuing to disappoint as just losing pretty stinkily to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football this week. Yeah, and for this Chargers team, for me, it just feel like, feels like all the steam has gone out of this this squad. And going forward, it just feels like the year is kind of a wash at this point, which we should never be saying. And, and again, it's one of those things that I, I look at the Chargers and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Chargers are not a good team. They're going to lose this game. And then I pause and I'm like, why? Like, I shouldn't feel this way about the Chargers. They are so talented and they should be in every game, but they just really have shown a lot of immaturity and they have a long way to go to be a good team. Absolutely. And from there, you got the Detroit Lions taking on the New Orleans Saints. Saints losing a very winnable game against the Falcons, while the Lions, two weeks in a row, having some turnover problems. Do you think they get right against the Saints? I do. Let's have the Lions winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, Lions having a little bit of uh, some tough times the last couple of weeks, but I do really trust this team. I consider them one of the heavyweights, so I do think the Lions are a very good team. Yeah, well, I, I'm definitely putting that into question a little bit. The second I was ready to say they're heavyweights, they go and lose the Packers on Thanksgiving. And part of me thinks that the Lions last year were the ultimate underdog, and this year they kind of have been as well. 
can they deal with the high expectations and the pressure that comes with being a top dog? And with Jared Goff, with the turnovers, very uncharacteristic. So I think that that kind of reassures you, like, okay, we just got to take care of the ball and we'll be fine. But I'm not completely sold on the Lions yet. I'd like to see him come back uh, with a statement victory here. And the Saints, on the other hand, like just having a rough time as well, like really rough for what we think they could be. But as we're talking about them as the highest complete team in the division, but then losing to the Falcons this week from that spot. Right. And the Saints, just a very perplexing team. Now they've lost to the Buccaneers and the Falcons at this point. So you wonder if they're going to be able to win this division right now. I think Atlanta is in first. And the Saints, 0-2 against two teams that you're going to be neck and neck with all season long is not a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Atlanta's not that good of a team. Like, you're more complete than they are. Like, yeah. if you win a chance to sell yourself as a better team and get in the NFC playoffs, I mean, that now is a chance. And not that I think you can make much noise anyway, or whoever does, but... Right. Yeah, I expect this team, even the ones that they win, they're having a really tough time winning them. Yeah, well, completely agree. Just one of the most inconsistent teams that I've seen this year. But really, that whole division is a, a just a hallmark of inconsistency. Right. And from there, you got, speaking of the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the New York Jets. So Aaron Rodgers off the IR. And in practice, he will not start for this game, but maybe his presence has a good effect on the Jets. What do you think? I do have the Jets winning this one, but not because of Aaron Rodgers. I do as well, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think he does provide a bit of a spark, but um, the Jets, to me, just their defense is going to be able to take care of the Falcons here. Uh, they're, they're on their last leg. They're really desperate at this point. And I think we're going to see a little bit better effort from Tim Boyle here in his second start. Yeah, I, myself, I really chalk it up to the fact that I think that the Jets' defense is going to actually time has been over all day. That has yeah. been the Falcons' Achilles heel, is the fact that Ritter just has these boneheaded, crazy turnovers every week. And I think the Jets are going to take full advantage of that. I would completely agree. And from there, you have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So who do you have winning this Super Bowl rematch? I have the Cardinals winning this one. Ooh, I thought you might say that, and I will have the Steelers. So really good on the Steelers. Finally getting ready that 500 turn yet. First time they've done that in 58 games. But uh, as many of you may know, also correlates to the exact amount of time that Matt Canada was offensive coordinator. <laughs> yep and it's like the Steelers I didn't know if firing Matt Canada would help them but it certainly couldn't hurt them and it, they looked just alive they, they finally looked like an actual professional offense so that's something nice to see alright and the Steelers right. I, they're 7-4 and four, and they can easily win this division right now and in fact I still I, I made a bet at the beginning of the year that they win the division I still think they're going to win the division. I would double down on that bet today. Take it right now because they have a cakewalk of a schedule. They got the Cardinals, Patriots. I know we said the Colts are good, but then they face the Bengals with Jake Browning again. I mean, come on. Steelers, now they got a new offense. It's a completely new thing. Steelers all the way. 
still think they could lose a couple of games in here. I mean, I'll say that Paul Murray's looked fairly good since he's coming back, since he's came back. And they did get want by the, the Rams last week, but I talked that well at Martha the defense. I think Murray looked pretty good in that game overall, and kind of had since they came back. Yeah, and, and the Cardinals, when I saw Murray play, it got me kind of thinking, uh, I was, if I was the Cardinals GM, like, what do you do now? Because you're really, I mean, your team is has a legitimate shot to get, like, a top five draft pick, and I think they probably will. And what do you do? Is Kyler Murray the guy? Do you give him another year? Like, like what do you do at that point? I mean, you've got him under a contract and a very big deal. Yeah, so that's a big question. You've got your new head coach. I guess you can consult with him and decide, like, do we believe Tyler Murray is going to be the guy that's going to lead us to the promising? Or should we try to start over and draft a new rookie quarterback? Yeah, and it almost feels like that might be the direction they go in. Just the fact that they're so bad and they they can get some good capital for a guy like Kyler Murray. I think it's no matter what's in their best interest that he plays as good as he can to end this year. Absolutely. And from there you go on to the Miami Dolphins taking on the Washington Commanders. So who do you think will win what should be a high-scoring shootout game? Are the Dolphins winning on this one? Yeah, I do as well. And yeah, Dolphins continued their streak of picking on the bad teams this week as they got a very nice win versus the Jets, which, by the way, my marker was taking true in that the Dolphins will win by 20-plus points. Yes, yes, very good. I think they won by 21. Yes. Yeah, that was one of the strangest ends to a half. I think that that is the strangest end to a half I've ever seen. Like, you have, I believe it was, a uh, pick six by the Jets, and then you come out, and now, now Tim Boyle throws an interception. And then I believe Tua throws another one. And then Tim Boyle throws a pick six to end the half. It was something like, like that. It's just craziness. Two pick sixes at, to end that half. Like, I have never seen anything so preposterous. I believe one was a pick, and the second was a pick six on a Hail Mary. Yeah. Hail Mary, yeah. which is uh, no doubt the Hail Mary. Right. <laughs> a pick six on a Hail Mary. I have never seen that before in my entire life. That's all. Like all the people are, pick six. Like ah, you know, how that? Oh, how rare is that? I mean, yeah, just nothing will happen in this game. Yeah. Oh man, that was just like, uh, you knew the Jets were not going to come back from that one. Oh, for sure. I mean, that defense had to been so mad at them after finally getting a turnover, and then the offense does that. Right. Right. And yeah, the Dolphins, though, like the Dolphins are a really good team, but we just have yet to see them beat the good teams in the league. It's kind of something that it's kind of a uh, a theme here we're seeing with a lot of of these supposedly good teams like the Cowboys and the Bills and the Dolphins and the Commanders are yet should be another cakewalk for them. So, yeah, I think Dolphins probably going to win by 20 plus points again. Absolutely. And then you have the Denver Broncos taking on the Houston Texans. Denver Broncos really looking strong, winning five games in a row, taking on Houston, who also looks very exciting with C.J. Stroud at the helm. Who do you think wins this intriguing matchup? I think the Texans are going to put out a little bit of the Broncos flame this week. Ah, okay. So we're on the same page here. I also have the Texans. I think they'll win in a dominant fashion this week. Yeah, I, uh, CJ Stroud just been really impressed with him this year. He should absolutely be in the MVP conversation because he has resurrected this team from the dead. I mean, going into the year, like we said, one of the least, un- almost under talented teams. And if you look at this, CJ Stroud, pass yards per game, first in the NFL, 300 yard games. He has six of them. That's first in the NFL. 
20 plus yard completions, first in the NFL. Touchdown to interception ratio, third in the NFL. I mean, he is putting on absolute dominating performance after dominating performance, and he gives this team a chance to win every single week. Now, that being said, Russell Wilson has been playing some pretty good ball as well, but he doesn't really have that improv ability like he used to. And so I would take the this matchup between uh, two similarly um, under-talented teams. I would take the team with the better quarterback. And at this point, I do believe C.J. Stroud is the better quarterback than Russell Wilson. Absolutely. And from there, you have an NFC South matchup between the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Panthers without Frank Reich as he was fired. Uh, I think that was a big mistake. And I think the Buccaneers should roll. Yes, I go with both those things. I mean, what are you supposed to do as a coach in that situation? You're doing absolutely nothing, and fired so quickly. Like that's just crazy to me. But I buy that on here. Yeah, I think that I saw a stat like Panthers have gone through six coaches in four years. Steelers have gone through six coaches in like sixty years. Oh yeah, I saw that today as well. Yeah, I mean, like that is that, that's just a terribly run franchise. I don't know what the owner is doing. Like, you literally, they have nothing. They have nothing. You can't make an evaluation on either the coach or the quarterback because you are so under talented right now. Like, what are you doing? Like, you hired Frank Reich to be the guy to help Bryce Young because he's an offensive mind. And after one year of being like bad, which everyone knew you were going to be bad, you fire the guy mid year. Like, come on, that's just terrible. Absolutely. And Buccaneers, they have, again, they st- I say this every week, they have a shot to win this division right now if they can just get some wins going here. So uh, hopefully they can get one and get the five wins, be even with the Panthers and Saints. Or sorry, with the Falcons and Saints. And from there, you got the Cleveland Browns taking on the Los Angeles Rams. We don't know who the Browns starter is going to be because DTR is in concussion protocol. If he doesn't start, Joe Flacco will be the starter for the Browns. Who do you have winning this matchup? I have the Rams winning this one. And I do as well. Yeah, just really cool going for the Rams as well, who also now, like we said, find themselves in a pretty good playoff spot after really dominating the Cardinals last week. Yes, and Stafford throwing four touchdowns there. Also, Kyron Williams running like an absolute beast. And I don't expect them to have that offensive production against a good Browns defense, who I just believe had a kind of a down week against the Broncos. But they should do enough to get the job done here with the uh, the Browns really having some turmoil at the quarterback position. Right. And then you got the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles in the best game of the week. Who do you have winning this NFC Championship rematch? I have the 49ers winning this one. And after much deliberation, I will have to side with the 49ers as well. Yeah, I do believe the 49ers are a better team here. And I think they are going to show up this game. I think that they really feel a lot more, like pretty down on the fact that they didn't have a chance in the NFC championship game last year, as I don't think they did. Well, they didn't have a quarterback, and they really want to be able to show, okay, we are a good team, and we're going to beat you now that we're even. Yes. And the 49ers, like I believe Shanahan... I forgot what the stat was exactly. He, let's put it this way. He is not good at coming back from a deficit in the fourth quarter. I think he's like 4-43 and 43 if he's down by more than four points in the fourth quarter, which is astounding. So the beginning of this game will dictate, I think, a lot of things here because we know the Eagles get off the slow starts, and we know the 49ers are incapable, really, of coming back from big deficits. So I do think the 49ers will get the Eagles 
out of the gate. They just have they want this more. Like the Eagles have ten wins. They they've just beat a really good Bills team. The 49ers, they have a little bit more to prove. I think they're gonna be a little bit hungrier. Yeah, I agree with that. And then you got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. Who do you have taking this game? I have the Chiefs winning this one. And I'm going to go rogue on this one. I'm going to take my Packers. Ooh, very interesting one there. You know, I've actually yeah. seen a few pick the Packers this week after a nice win versus Detroit. Yeah, I think that the time is right. The Packers are rolling. And the Chiefs, a very nice win against the Raiders. Some people are saying that they are back. But I'm not completely sold on that yet. I, like I said, I never was really worried about the Chiefs. Still, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. Even if they lose this game, I'm not going to be worried about the Chiefs. Because there's basically nothing that can happen that will make me worry about the Chiefs unless like Mahomes gets hurt or something. But I do think the timing is right for the Packers right now. They're really coming off a lot of momentum. they got some extra rest. So, Packers on the upset. All right. And then we close it off with the Monday night game, the Cincinnati Bengals against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you have taking this primetime game? I'm the Jaguars winning this one. And I will have to agree. Yeah, too bad. This one might have been a really good game had Bill's still been uh, healthy and around. Yeah, but now it's, I think, really just going to be another statement win for the Jaguars here, a nice chance to build on what you uh, did last week against the Texans. Jaguars looking like they could obtain potentially the number one seed here in a very tight AFC. So Jaguars for the win. Absolutely. All right. And from there we go on to our underdog locks. So last week we both lost in our underdog locks. Scott picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they fell to the Colts, bringing his season record to three and eight. And I picked the Cleveland Browns, and they fell to the Broncos, bringing my record uh, season record to one and ten. So, Scott, who is your underdog lock for this week? This week, my underdog lock of the week is going to be the New York Jets. So, the Jets, like we talked about, Tim Wilson, our quarterback, it could be an interesting choice, but I, I just believe so heavily in this defense versus uh, Desmond Ritterhead Falcons that I think that they were my best choice for the underdog lock of the week. Yes, and for my underdog lock, I will be going with the Green Bay Packers. Like I said, the vibes are not good. They're fantastic at this point. Matt LaFleur really getting himself in a nice play-calling groove. Although the Chiefs defense is good. The Chiefs, that could be a new thing, Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs defense is good. I think the Packers offense right now is just playing really, really, really good football. And I think they'll do just enough to prevail over Mahomes and the Chiefs. And from there, we'll be transitioning into Rob's fantasy stats and sets of the week. Here, it was a pretty good week for you there, Rob. Why don't you tell the listeners how we did? All right, so last week, it was a stellar week, probably the best one of the year. And I told you to start, Calvin Ridley. He ended up being the third best receiver in fantasy last week, bringing in five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. I also said to start Trevor Lawrence, and he ended up being the sixth best quarterback, bringing in 364 yards one passing touchdown, and one rushing touchdown as well. And then I told you to sit A.J. Dillon. He ended up finishing as the number 23 running back with only 43 yards on the ground. And I also said to sit Tua, 
who has been one of the better quarterbacks this year, but he finishes the 26th ranked quarterback. You would have been better off starting Tommy DeVito as he only had 243 yards, two interceptions, and only one touchdown. So four hits on those picks last week. We're on fire. We're looking to continue that this week. So in my starts, I will tell you to start Jordan Love against the Chiefs. So Jordan Love has improved three weeks in a row, getting better fantasy scores each and every week. He had his biggest game of the year last week against the Lions, and he and Matt LaFleur are, appear to be in some sort of groove at this point. I think this game is going to be a big game. It's going to be a shootout. He's going to want to show how good he can be a revenge game for him. And his first ever start was against the Chiefs in the regular season. Andy Reid said, he didn't even remember who Love was when he was asked about him. So I think Love is going to make him remember this time. Start Jordan Love against the Chiefs in a week where there are a lot of bye weeks. Love is going to be a good starter this week. And then I would tell you to start Najee Harris against the Arizona Cardinals. So he had his best fantasy game as well last week, going 15 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown. This is a brand new offense that the Steelers are running, and the Cardinals are 31st this year against running backs. So I would absolutely start Najee Harris against the Cardinals. And for the sits of the week, I'll tell you to sit Cooper Cup against the Cleveland Browns. Don't let Stafford's big day fool you. Cup has not been a major part of that offense at all this year. Since week six, he hasn't topped 50 yards once. He has scored zero touchdowns, and he has not exceeded four catches in any of the games that he's played in. So, Cooper Cup at this point is a non-factor. I don't know what's going on. Hasn't really looked 100% at this point. And I don't think a game against a tough Browns defense is the game that he's going to come back. So sit Cooper Cup. And then I would also tell you to sit Joe Mixon against the Jaguars. So the Jaguars allow the fewest yards in the entire league against running backs. The Bengals offense at this point is really kind of lifeless without Joe Burrow. And so I would absolutely sit Joe Mixon against the Jaguars. There, we will go on to Scott's Parlay of the Week. So, Scott, how did you do last week, and what do you have dialed up for this week? Came out so close last week, losing one leg with the Saints blowing their game to the Atlanta Falcons. So we get look to get back into the winning column this week with our parlay. And this week's Parlay of the Week will feature the San Francisco 49ers, the Houston Texans, and the Indianapolis Colts. So this week, all three teams I picked are slight favorites in their games, which enough will combine for a decent number of winning if you were to pick them all. So for this week, pick on the money line the San Francisco 49ers, Houston Texans, and Indianapolis Colts. Well, I like it a lot there, going with some bold picks here, and it should serve you well, as I also had those teams winning. So we're doubling up on it. And thank you so much for watching this podcast. Your viewership is greatly appreciated. Feel free to follow us. We are on all platforms. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. We are tuning out.